Hey, ladies of faith, I'm Jenny Pecklow. I am the host of our new podcast. It's a podcast we hope will make the community of women at faith feel smaller and more connected. We'll be releasing them periodically over the next several months. So if you don't want to miss even one episode, hit that subscribe button and I hope you'll join me. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining me today. I have my dear friend Alyssa here. Many of you know her or are familiar with her or maybe just with her and Mark and her family through our missions family. But today I'm hoping you'll learn some more stuff about Alyssa and also about our deep dive that'll be coming up in March. So March 18th, that's a Saturday from 10 to 3 in the youth room, room 210. We'll be doing a deep dive. You heard that right from 10 to 3 because there's a men's breakfast first thing elbow your husbands um, to come to the breakfast and then you can both join us. This is actually an event for men and women, the deep dive, and Alyssa will be teaching. So we wanted to hear from Alyssa today to just get to know her a little bit better and learn more about what the deep dive is going to look like, what you can expect as you plan to come. So Alyssa, welcome. It's so fun to have you here. And I just thought it'd be fun to start out by asking you to introduce yourself, which might feel intimidating. Um, but there's we've got a lot of newer people at Faith um, that might want to know a little bit more about who you are and um, don't know you as well. So would you be willing to go ahead and just share a little bit about yourself? And I might ask a couple of nosy questions here and there. Yes, of course. Hi, Jenny. It's good to be here with you all. And um, so, Jenny, I remember the first time I met you, oh, wow. and I just learned before this podcast started that you have no idea. So, are you yeah, I don't nervous? remember. Sorry, I have a bad memory. Mm. I'm a little nervous. Well, you actually came back, and you're a bit of celebrity the the first time oh. I met you. So, I was, you know, a bit of a nobody, and I'm not sure that you would remember meeting me. So, um, yeah, I, we actually came to faith, uh, in 2009, um, my husband and my two kids, and we had moved, uh, to Indiana the year before we'd been going to this larger church, trying to connect okay. and, and through a series of events, a pastor encouraged us actually to move from their church to faith church. Okay. It was a little unusual, but he yeah. said, I think that your family would really fit in well with faith, um, mm -hmm. with our background and mission. So when I got mm. here, I heard about the Peklos. Because the Peklos were living in an East Asian country, right. of which maybe is unnamed. Yes. And uh, I kept hearing about you. And then one day, you all showed up. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm guessing in 2011, or was it 2010? Was it really that late? Yeah. So you showed up, and I had your youngest daughter in Sunday school. Oh, I was her really? teacher that day. Yeah. Aww. So, um, yeah. So I remember scaring her. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, because I felt for this kid. She had just shown up in, you know, this foreign country to her and yeah. my daughter and my son had done the same thing. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this is probably hard. And I tried to connect with her and she probably thought. I don't know you and I don't know why you're trying so hard. Um, but I, I really remember meeting her. And mm. then I met you on the stairs, the staircase that no longer exists. Okay. You were standing there. And I was I was so excited and I was never disappointed. Oh, yeah. You're I'm sweet. really glad we've been friends for a lot of years now. Now I remember. Actually, I, I don't remember no, that. No, of course Sorry, you don't. I do. <laughs> I do remember uh, going to your garage sale. So oh I, must, goodness, I must have met you before that. I don't know. Okay. 
Sorry, I have a bad memory. But yes, yeah. I remember them saying, well, the Dunkers are moving overseas again. And so they're having a big garage sale. And a yeah. few of us went to your garage sale. So I do remember that. That's funny. Yeah. There was um, a, a really kind woman here who helped us organize that. Mm. Yeah. I'm really glad when we move this year, we don't have to have a garage sale. Yes. We don't really own much anymore. Thanks to a pandemic, that was helpful. Yeah. There is <laughs> something about living lighter, isn't there? It there is. is. Yeah, it does help. Good. Well, that was fun to hear a story I hadn't heard in a while. <laughs> so you you kind of shared a little bit how you came to faith, church, and um, I think that pastor was right in directing you. It seems like you have fit well into our church family and our missions family. Um, but why don't you tell me a little bit more about you? How and where did you first discover your passion or gift for teaching? Was that something that... Um, just you realized you loved to teach or did someone affirm that in you and a light bulb went on and you said, Oh, wow, Lord, I think you've given me this gift. And then how did you develop that? Yeah. Thanks for asking. It's, it's an interesting question when we consider spiritual gifting and um, I guess just innate gifting right? and where are they different? Um, it sure seems that people who, have an innate gift for teaching then then maybe move into an area of teaching but i'm not sure that's always exactly true i actually had a professor once who who was such an introvert um he wasn't naturally a teacher at all and yet when he would stand in front of the class he would light up and he was one of the most profound educators mm. i've ever had in my life and like i really saw a spiritual gift in him um, huh. but as for myself, um, I've had a lot of self-doubts. I did not, uh, grow up in a, a very safe environment, um, nor was I even really thinking about what I would ever do with my life. Uh, mm -hmm. I had a, a teacher in high school who, who saw me and I mean, she really saw me right. and wanted to. She just poured her life into me. She made such a difference in my life. Her name was is, she a believer? Yes, yes, okay. she is. Her name is Joanne Flint. I put that out there because um, every now and then I get the privilege of still being in contact with her. Mm -hmm. um, Mrs. Flint, uh, actually, the very first time we had a deep, or I knew she saw me. She found me in the hall crying when I was 14 years old over some boy. Maybe I was 15. She put her arm around me and without words i remember the fingers on my shoulder and mm. the fingers pointed me in a different direction and she 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 was leading me to turn around mm -hmm. and follow her and she walked me into her classroom she had a break and she mm. just let me cry with her um she was she is a really special woman and she encouraged me to go into teaching i remember I wanted to be a doctor, and then I decided that the insides of things were really gross. Yeah, um, I kind of agree with you. Yeah, like, <laughs> I think I'll. I just can't cut into something yeah. that's not good. And uh, and she she said, "Have you ever thought about teaching?" Mm -hmm. And and I no, I, I hadn't. And um, she helped me get into university. Hmm. I, I studied education. Okay. I was a believer. But I wasn't walking with Christ as I would define it today. Mm -hmm. There were spurts 
of Christ in my life. But it wasn't until um, after my first year of university that I went to my first Bible study. I'd never been to Bible study in my life. Mm. And I finally went and I sat under some teaching for, I don't know, like a semester. And then my te- my my Bible study teacher said wrote me a letter and said, Alyssa, I think you might have a gift of teaching. Ah. I still have that letter to this day. Wow. Yeah. Were you at a secular university or a Christian? I was at a secular university. Okay. Yeah. So I was involved with Crew, and so it was a Bible study through Crew, mm. and she gave me an opportunity to lead one of the Bible studies. Wow, that's so, awesome. So yeah, she really encouraged me, and then the following semester, I had my own group. And I led a group and no one should have let me anywhere near leadership <laughs> or probably near the Bible, honestly. Um, but I had a lot of enthusiasm, maybe a lot, not a lot of knowledge or wisdom. <laughs> but I'm sure there was some oversight of you and I, I'm sure there was. And I love college ministry because, yeah. wow, we look back and go, oh, my goodness. Right. Oh, my goodness. But. Yes. All that I'm sure the Lord did in you and through you, yeah. um, and sometimes passion and love for the Word and His people, yeah, um, hits home, right? Yes, and and drives the Bible yeah. study itself. So they were might be drawn more to you and your love for God than the Bible study, but God used His Word despite our or your. Uh, what you think are shortcomings, yeah. right? But he, he still used it. Mm. God, God is really faithful to do that. Um, I actually just when I think about it, two years prior to that, or a year prior to that, I had been voted the most likely to annoy somebody. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Seriously, it I was know. awful. I cried so hard. Aww. And and now I can look back and see, yeah, I can see that. Oh, <laughs> I don't think we'd vote you for that at Faith Church. So that's, you've grown. God, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I don't know what happened to that Bible study. I don't remember, but oh, man. Um, God used oh. it, I hope. Um, so anyway, how did I end up teaching today? Yeah. I, I really, I went on a mission trip and said there was nothing else I wanted to do with my life than serve Christ. And Mm -hmm. I've discovered there was a vocational way to do it. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't grow up in the church. I had never heard of a missionary. Um, so I went back to school, uh, that I was told I really needed to, if I wanted to sign up with the mission agency. So I went back and where'd you go and what did you go for? So I went to Multnomah, which was a, it's a seminary. Now it's Multnomah University. I was in Portland, Oregon. I had been teaching in the area. So I quit teaching. I resigned and was planning on moving to South America. And wait, what were you teaching? Espanol. Espanol. What, what grade or what level? Uh, Eighth. Eighth grade. I didn't know that about you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. So you're um, in seminary. So I'm in seminary and... And I went to a missions conference. I was very gung-ho about missions. Mm. Didn't know very much about it at all. And a woman with OM was recruiting. And she asked me what I wanted to do as a missionary. And I didn't know how to answer that question. I didn't know you had a choice. I thought you... (laughs) I think I actually said to her, 
missionize. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. she gently said, perhaps you need to go figure that out. Um, And as I tried to figure that out and think about what strengths I did have and Mm -hmm. how God could use me Mm -hmm. other than annoying people, it was, it was that I could teach. And if I was going to teach, what could I teach? So at the time, I honestly thought I would be teaching, um, training people to, to serve overseas and, and specifically to reach out to certain people groups um, and doing it in Spanish. Right. So you, did you have a heart for I the did. Hispanic cultures? I did. Okay. I did. And then, um, so by the end of that first year of seminary, I thought I would be moving to Southern Spain mm. and there's a large group from North Africa there. And there's groups of Latinos who are trying to go into North Africa wow. and being very effective. And I thought, well, this is a way I can combine some different things that I love. Yeah. Um, and then Mark showed up at my house literally and told me he wanted to move to Africa and we got married six months later. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. So the Espanol has been forgotten, mm. but I'm going to Costa Rica to see my dad next Wednesday. And for some crazy reason, he retired and moved to Costa Rica. Mm. So I've been brushing up on the Spanish and I can understand some of it, Yeah, but only Swahili comes out of my mouth. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> Probably by the end of the week in Costa Rica, right. it'll all come back. Right. And you'll be so proficient when you're at the airport heading back to the yes, US, right? Exactly. So, well, that is fun. It's fun how God does not waste anything, right? And he will use all that and continue to use that. Um, well, good. Well, tell me a little bit about this deep dive. Um, maybe talk about, you, you told me in a different conversation how it came about where the idea came from and then um so what is a deep dive how did this come about and uh we're gonna ca- we're calling it discipling from the root to the fruit so maybe you can explain that a little bit too absolutely so a deep dive is a, an event or a seminar that can cover basically any topic that the church deems is helpful for the body mm-hmm. and for four or five hours, we get together and we study that one thing. And hopefully by the time we leave, we have some level of um, proficiency or greater awareness or understanding about that topic. So I've had some conversations with the pastors um, here about doing a deep dive in the area of what I guess we can call soul care. So it's how do we, how do we care for one another at a deep level inside of of who we are, you know, our souls. Right. So we're called to do that as believers, to walk with one another, to carry one another's burdens, um, to walk through challenges with each other. And I mean, we all have our own stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So yes. how do we become transparent about our own stuff so that we are growing to look more like Christ? Um, so I, I used to teach this. I, I do teach this in East Africa and okay. It works there, yeah. Uh, but the material I originally got was actually from the U.S., and I had to contextualize that for Africa. So now it's a little odd bringing it back the other direction. Right. But I've seen people in ministry, like pastors, who have gained some of the 
um, practical skills that we're going to be discussing in this deep dive that really has enabled them to better care for their people and for them to realize, I need to grow myself. Mm. Good, good. And it's called Discipling from the Root to the Fruit. Can you explain that a little bit? Absolutely. So in in Luke chapter 6, verses 43 to 45, we see that Jesus talks about the things that come out of our mouth actually originally started in our hearts. And he says that you can identify what a plant is Mm -hmm. by looking at its fruit. So here, I guess there's apple trees, you know, in Africa, I look for mango trees, but you see the fruit and you know, okay, what's below ground has to be the same. It's, it's biology, but it's Jesus said it as well and pointed to that biology. So Within that context, he said, our words are our fruits. Yes. So we often say things and then we say, oh, that's not me. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean that. But the truth is, at that moment in time, we probably did mean mm-hmm. it. Um, it. According to Christ, it's coming out of a place. So part of growing in our Christ-likeness, a part of our discipleship, becoming more and more like Jesus, is the process of, of digging out the roots that don't belong to Christ mm-hmm. and, and growing the fruit that comes out of the, the, the root that trusts in Christ. So there's a process in how people change. That's a biblical process. And we're going to be looking at that at the deep dive. Okay. Like, how do I actually change when I, I'm just so angry or, or, you know, I, okay, let's just speak honestly. Mm-hmm. Statistics say like 70% of men who regularly attend church are looking at pornography. Mm-hmm. And that's at least 30% of women. Right. There are a lot of other issues that we could talk about that are a big deal in church, yes. but we aren't discussing them. So we, what this does is it gives us an opportunity both to be growing personally, but also be equipped to help other people. Yet, I promise you, without revealing your own stuff, because I'm not going to make anybody talk about their own things on the deep dive, I promise. Well, that is good (laughs) to know. So you're teaching kind of the tools and the basis for this and how to to do this for yourself, but with someone else also. That's right. So you should be able to leave with a concept of this root to fruit. And if I see fruit in my life that does not seem like it's coming from the root of Christ, what do I do about that? Mm-hmm. So we're going to discuss that. Okay. And then you're going to leave with what could be called a process model. But it's basically how do I then, if I recognize um, a root in my life, how do I recognize that? And how do I go through a process so that somebody can actually grow? Um, I'm hoping it'll be practical. Uh it, we don't have a lot of time, but if you leave and, and don't have a way to actually use the material, then I have not done something well. Hmm. Okay. So is this a program? Absolutely not. No. Okay. Uh, there is a model that we'll be looking at, but it's it's not program because it's, it's relational. Um, okay. Sure. Anytime we learn something new, it can feel programmatic. I get that. Right. It's like, okay, now wait, I, it's a root and what's the fruit and how do I, how do I do this? And what step am I in? Uh-huh. But as we begin to think and reflect 
it becomes more of a part of who we are. I mean, I'm to the point in my life now where I'm regularly thinking, okay, what just came out of my mouth? You know, what is that pointing to? Mm-hmm. Or I just had a conversation with a really good friend who was sharing something. And then as my friend was sharing, I heard, I heard some stress. And I said, hey, I just heard this. And my friend was able to say, oh, I, I didn't realize that was even happening. Right. And that came out of the training that I've had. So Yes, it seems programmatic, maybe in the initial learning something new, but it should be very relational in how we communicate with other people. Okay. So um, can you tell me what is, we're calling it discipling. So what Mm -hmm. is the difference between discipling and mentoring? Why aren't we calling it mentoring from (laughs) such and such? Is there a difference? Yeah, I've honestly never really understood why we switched from calling something discipleship to mentoring. It seems I'm dating myself, but that happened about 20 years ago. And it just became the word we were using in church. Okay. I try to stick with, um, with what I see Christ, I mean, see using, and he said to make disciples. Um, if we make disciples by mentoring someone fabulous, but, um, we are, I'm using the word discipleship because, I'm considering, it says in the Great Commission that we are to teach Mm -hmm. people everything that Christ commanded. That's part, that's how he defines discipleship. He says, make disciples, baptizing, and he says, teaching them to believe everything. And so discipleship is a part of learning to think more like Jesus. Right. Um, Can we call it mentoring? Perhaps. Mm -hmm. I don't think it really matters. Right. Kind of semantics. Right. So I felt like you have a unique perspective because you grew up in the United States, but you've obviously spent a significant amount of time in Africa, but also in and out of other countries. So how does that your perspective from different cultural and you said you've taught this in Africa and you haven't taught it here. So how does that uh, influence how you see disciple making and um, how we implement that here at Faith Church and in the U.S. Yeah, when I was a child, I didn't think I had an accent. I was really one of those Americans who thought everyone in the world is just like me. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll tell you the truth. That was a poor white girl from a rural area. And I had no concept of anything different from my small world. Um. Matter of fact, I even put off learning a foreign language until I was 17. I didn't Mm -hmm. even start until then. Not because I didn't want to. I just didn't think about it. Mm -hmm. So God showing me the world um, really was very new. Again, I mean, I came from a poor family. No one traveled. No one had a passport. Mm you know, making it across the state line was a big deal. Matter of fact, I remember the first time I lived, I grew up in Oregon and Mm. I didn't make it to California until I was almost 20. And that was like, I made it, when I finally made it to California, wow, that's amazing. (laughs) Um, But now I realize not only do I have an accent, I have a very difficult one. Ah, (laughs) interesting. A very difficult accent. Um, People often do not understand me. I've actually been told before, 
in East Africa that I should speak English like the Germans do, then people would understand me. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> so interesting. Something about me is not communicating well. So I'll just. Huh. Um, Have they had more Germans there than Americans? Yes. Okay. <laughs> But it is pretty funny when yes. they understand the Germans speaking English yes. better than me. So I have to work on my enunciation. There's something about the way I communicate that is difficult to understand. Um, mm. So my Swahili is better than my English in that oh. regard, as far as the accent. But um, what is my unique perspective? And I would say what I have seen as I have worked with people in different nations and cultural backgrounds, even within those nations, is yeah. that we're actually a whole lot more alike than different. Mm. We all have the same discipleship problem in the church. And that primarily is we don't live our lives in regular communication with the God who is actually revealed in the scripture. Um, we make him out to believe to be something that uh, our culture has said, or we've told ourselves. Yeah. Um, and even though we're believers, we're not really thinking much about God. Mm. So we're not really being transformed. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, we don't really talk deeply about God. It doesn't matter what country you're in. You get a group of friends together. And, and how often is a friend going to say, now, when you were in that situation and you were really angry with that person, what, what do you think God was thinking about you at that time? Yeah, we don't yeah. ask. No, we don't. Mm -mm. We don't ask that. No, <laughs> we no. don't even think to ask that. No. Yeah. But the most important thing about us, the absolutely most important thing, is what we think about God. Mm. I mean, okay, it's more what He thinks about us. But as far as how we then interact with people and ourselves and our world, we don't think much about God. We're primarily thinking about our own things. Right. And I think that is universal. So interesting. Yeah. It's the human condition, right? It is the human condition. It, it really is. And you've seen that. Wow. Okay. And I know it because I, 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 that's who I am. That's who I am. And yeah. so, so, um, we, uh, we've talked before about Jesus being normal. Yes. And Jesus is the only normal person. Mm. We, we often think, well, I, I, I'm supposed to grow in my Christ-likeness. I'm supposed to become like Christ. But that seems so lofty. How do I accomplish that? Right. And, you know, God, be holy because I am holy. And I have to say, I find that a bit discouraging, <laughs> uh, especially in my younger, mm. younger years. I'm like, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, one of the most common things I hear is how we excuse ourselves and say, well, I'm only human. Yeah. You know, it's right. human to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. True. But the thing is, is then what we're saying is that, is that humanity is defined by who we are. But isn't humanity defined by God becoming human and becoming the perfect human that we were always supposed to be and never achieved? So when we just accept that... Um, Ugh, this is this is how far I've made it in my holiness, my walk with Christ. Right. What we're really doing is we're living in that 
that old Adam, but Christ, Mm. he lived that perfect life, the one we never lived in the garden. And now we get to be normal like him. That's the goal. I'm not quite sure how I got there, but it's exciting. It excites me that we can become more normal. And that is why I want to ask people questions like, what's going on Mm -hmm. when this happens in your life? How are you interacting with God? What are you thinking? And the more I think about that stuff, the more normal I become. Now, maybe not normal to the other people, but also the more stable I become, you know? And less self-focused. Absolutely. Right, more God-focused. Absolutely, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And, And what happens is then Christ... And that process is transforming my roots. He right. really is. And that's what we're talking about. When we say root to fruit, we're talking heart transformation. Mm-hmm. He needs to transform us. And um, and the beautiful thing is he gives us the opportunity to help transform one another. The spirit does the work, but we are the hands and feet. So that's really what this deep dive is about, is how do I become better at being the hands and feet? Um, yeah. Can you share a story or two of how you have seen this work in Africa? Absolutely. Absolutely. I actually had a conversation with somebody today. Um, we've been meeting for a few months. And um, the first time I met I met with this individual, and, and by the way, this is with permission to share, but I'm going to I'm going to change the person's name and call the person Maria. Sure. Okay. So when I first met Maria, um, she was suicidal. That's, mm-hmm. that's why we met. It was a serious situation. And, and this was um, a fellow missionary or not, maybe mm-hmm. not a, not necessarily someone you worked with, but a missionary. No, um, okay. Maria, although I have worked with missionaries and on missionary care, okay. Maria is a student at Next. So, okay. which is where Mark and I are going to be working. So, um, okay. she is, she's a student. There's a, she is a theology student. Okay. And, um, actually today I asked her if she thinks theology students need to be discipled. And she said, you know, I had a counselor in the past who told me, uh, who, who said, oh, you're a theology student. Oh, then I don't need to talk to you about God. Mm. You must have that all figured out. Mm. And she says, nobody ever asked me what I thought about God. They just assumed I thought the right things and they were wrong. So Maria was suicidal. And as I listened to her story and really applied what I'll be teaching uh, this deep dive, and I started asking her questions, trying to explore different areas. And what I discovered is that her understanding of God was that he was very far away. And I even asked her in this situation, where do you think God is at? Mm-hmm. And she verbalized it and said, he's way out there. He is sort of like he started the world and he stepped back and now I'm on my own. Mm-hmm. And I understood then that is not an, that is not a Christian worldview. Right. And so- Is that an African no, worldview? Not necessarily. It's, it's, okay. it's, it's a just human a worldview that-, that I'm on my own and have to take care of myself, mm. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, how when we don't think about God regularly, aren't we saying the same thing? Yes. Right. You know? We're declaring our dependent or you know, yeah. our independence. Right. Yes. And yeah. we don't realize we're doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons we don't realize it is, I mean, the scripture says that even believers struggle with deception. Mm. We aren't even aware of what we need. 
Right. So therefore we don't get the help we need. So in Maria's situation, she was able to verbalize God is so far away. And today she told me, you were the first person who ever asked me where God was at. And honestly, I had never thought of it. If you would, I would have told you my view of God was absolutely accurate. I was a theology student. Right. But in practice, Mm -hmm. it was very different. Mm -hmm. So we've been going through a process for over several months. um, And today I just asked for a report on what, how some things are going in her life. And she, I took notes. It was amazing. She Mm -hmm. said, I've had some trials right now, but in the trials, in the trials, Christ is with me. I'm walking with God moment by moment, moment by moment. I'm not alone. My mm-hmm. emotions feel so strong, but I'm not drowning in them because mm-hmm. I know, <laughs> I know it's Christ who holds me. Mm-hmm. It's a very different woman, very different woman from where she was at before. And so in this situation, a couple things that happened in her life that in the past would have brought her back to a place of despair. Yes. That where she had been and been struggling for a couple of years in that same cycle of despair. And now the despair, the the, the things that could trigger the despair hits, Mm -hmm. but, and she felt it, she felt it strongly. Right. But yet, her grounding in who Christ is and his presence has held her. Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely beautiful to see. Mm. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Um, that's encouraging to us that sometimes we feel stagnant or stuck, but that Christ really can transform our hearts. And to see it working through um, what you'll be teaching is a great encouragement. So, Do you feel like this is something anyone can do? I mean, um, you've had lots of training, you've had lots of experience. And, um, but if, I mean, if we come into this on Saturday, are we going to feel like we're able to use the material or are we going to feel kind of lost? And how do we implement this? Do we go out looking for somebody? <laughs> do we, you know, how, what does this look like? Well, I'm going to have for... a sign up sheet for you and I'll be assigning <laughs> you to a person. You may or may not like them. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> we get to tell each other all our dirt. All of it. Okay. All of it. Yes, right. yes, yes, yes. Um, <clears throat> but yes, who can, who is this for? Um, you know, the scripture says we're supposed to one another, each other. It says we're in the same body. So I would say it's for all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all called to encourage one another, to help one another reach the end. That's, right. that's the process. Plus, yep. you know what? If you're not in a place where you think you can help anybody right now, because I've been there, you're like, I can barely help myself right now. I'm a mess. Right, right. I personally, as I've gone through this training over the last I, last several years, I've grown so much. Mm-hmm. Actually, the thing that's interesting, though we didn't say, is I think it's interesting yeah. that I went to KTS, Kiev Theological Seminary. Mm-hmm. So I was in class. I was teaching in Tanzania and realized I had students asking me questions I couldn't answer mm-hmm. and said, "Ugh, I need more training. So I would fly twice a year to Ukraine to get this training wow. and and then I would go back and try to apply it. But the person who changed the most was me. So mm. 
It's for you if you want to grow. Right. What you do with it, I think the Holy Spirit's the best counselor. He will lead. So no, there's no sign up. So you need this person. You need to meet with them. It's things flow naturally. Uh-huh. You know, as we are the body for each other, we it flows. So everybody's welcome. There is a reading requirement. Okay. Tell me about so, that. Okay. So it's not two books. It. Some people have thought it's two books. Okay. It's two portions of a chapter. So it's a total of maybe 20, 25 pages of reading. Very doable. I, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Even for me. Okay. Sounds good. So for those of you who are overachievers, go mm. ahead and read the whole books. But, yeah. uh, but the reason I chose this is because this deep dive is I, I could teach it in 30 hours, literally. Mm. And in a classroom or we're doing five here and right. reality is we're going to be not even getting five hours of instruction so i'm hoping people would read a kind of so they can just join and have a better idea so the first the first reading is from instruments in the redeemer's hands okay. by paul trip highly recommend that book that's my favorite book for people helping again it's called instruments in the redeemer's hands okay so it's a portion of one of his chapters called the heart is the target so I, you know, the point of what we're trying to do is not behavior oriented, it's heart oriented. Yes. So that's why that reading's there. So we'll be speaking the same language. And then the second reading is from a book by Tripp and by Tim Lane called How People Change. And that ha- also has this model of root to fruit. I did not create this. Um, I'm just a conduit of a lot of other wiser people. So if you could read those, that'd be great. If you don't get the opportunity to read them, you can still follow along. Please don't let that stop you from joining. So if you sign up, Mm -hmm. I hear that as soon as you register, you get the link sent to you. The readings come to you. You don't have to buy anything. It just shows up. They're PDFs. Yep. You just download them and you've got them. Right. Mm -hmm. Good. Okay. So this sounds amazing. Um, And we're commanded to do it. But how am I going to fit this in my schedule? Like, how does this work? I don't, like, I'm busy doing this and this and this. I'm, I'm thinking of people, other yeah. women who are listening and they're going, I I, I want to disciple. I have that heart. I want to grow. How, how do I, yeah. how do I fit another thing in? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. It is a lot of time and Saturdays are precious. Um, so I'm always late. I, I think I was late before I moved to Africa, <laughs> but I'm really, really good at saying mm. and the, that the person I'm with mm-hmm. is, is is more important than wherever I need to show up at. Right. So right. that's why I'm late. Well, you know, what that really says, though, is the value of relationships, which helped me understand timeliness difference. Yeah. We are in, in the West, we're far more time oriented and task oriented. And yeah. there's beautiful value in other cultures that are more relationally driven. We do relationships here too, but um, we need to be on time for our relationships. Sorry, I was a few <laughs> minutes late today. <laughs> oh, I'm not a timely person myself, so don't worry. So I would say if you could consider what your relational value is mm-hmm. instead of the time, I think it's worth it. Um, A lot of us are parents. Parenting takes a lot of time. I wish I had had more. I wish I'd been more reflective and thoughtful about 
my children's hearts instead of their behavior when they were younger. Mm, yeah. Um, I wish I'd been more reflective about that myself um, internally instead of being concerned about the outcomes. So I would say it's worth the time because your your relationships yes. can improve. Mm-hmm. I really do think that our my relationships are stronger. Um, be, and healthier. And healthier, exactly. Yeah. Um, because I have been uh, implementing these things in my life. Now, yes, I've had spent a lot of time studying these things. This is not where I was several years ago. But God was working still several years ago. So mm-hmm. we are... We all are where we are today. So, right. Yeah. So what it really is an investment. It's an investment in our relationship with Christ and it's an investment in relationship with others, right? The time investment, Absolutely. the financial investment, the reading investment. And um, because we ha- we already ha- naturally have relationships, whether it be with our family or mm-hmm. our neighbors mm-hmm. or our coworkers. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to use some of these tools that you'll give us in conversations and checking in with people and being able to be better listeners, Mm -hmm. I'm guessing. Absolutely. um, Yeah. Just relationally being able to pick up on some of this Mm -hmm. and help ourselves and others Mm -hmm. grow. I got some unsolicited feedback this week from, Oh, that's always fun. Isn't that fun? Right. Right. (laughs) Well, sometimes it's fun and sometimes not so fun. This was, this was a fun one. Um, yeah, I got a text from a a Kenyan pastor. Mm. I, he was in a class I taught last year and he just reached out and said, I just want you to know how beneficial the material that you've taught has been for me in the ministry. And then he said specifically, in the past, he would um, tell people what to do. He said people would come to me with their problems. Okay. Um, and I know he's a pastor and you might be thinking, well, I'm not a pastor. Sure. But people still come to you with your problems, yeah. with their problems, right? right? So people would come and he thought he needed to fix their problems. And mm. so he would immediately try to answer and fix. And he's like, and you know, to whatever outcome. She said, but now... I've become much better at actually hearing what people have to say and hearing the heart behind it. And one of the things that was taught to me that I repeat regularly is the problem is not the problem. The problem is the heart. Mm. We, Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 So we get distracted by our problems though. And yeah. they, they, they grab our attention mm-hmm. and then we miss the deeper part. And so he has been addressing the deeper part and it's led to healthier relationships in his church. So that was fun. Yeah. How, uh, wonder, what a gift for you yeah. to be able to get that feedback and mm-hmm. encouragement, especially as you're preparing to do it here. So that's wonderful. Is there anything that I forgot to ask you or anything you want to say about anything we've talked about that you want to add or encourage women? Well, what I say to encourage women, I, we were all, we are all in this together. Mm-hmm. We are all in the process of becoming normal. <laughs> Yeah. Let us help each other to do that mm-hmm. instead of find each other as competition or being insecure. I mean, I have, I have so many insecurities. As I say, don't be insecure. Now I'm going to tell you that I have them. I, of course, I do. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I feel like an imposter 
so often. Mm. Um, so when you're telling me, you're like, well, why should we come? I don't, I'm not sure I, this right. really fits me. Right. And I'm thinking, why should I teach this? Mm. Honestly, you know, we're all, uh, we're all just weak mm-hmm. vessels. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but Christ, Christ flows out of weakness. Mm-hmm. And, and I really, I really think as I get older that Christ is revolutionary. Hmm. And um, yeah, and it's a privilege to be part of mm-hmm. his revolution on this earth, which is um, to turn things upside down, to love instead of hate, to, to serve instead of try to lord over someone. Yeah. Who does that? Right. Yeah, Jesus. So, absolutely. Yeah. And we all have, we, if we are in Christ, mm-hmm. we are in Christ. Mm-hmm. So say, let's, may we make that more and more of our identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kept thinking about what you said, one another. We should encourage one another mm-hmm. um, as long as it's called today, right? Absolutely. So, yes. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. Okay, so um, I want to ask you one more question. Okay. And then we're going to, I'll just go over kind of the details for that particular day. But so how, how are you refreshed? What do you do <laughs> or what, what refreshes you? I mean, it can be something very simple. Yeah, Jenny. So I am tired so much. So <laughs> that's such a funny question. Um, there is something that just lights me up and it is this silly dog that I have. Um, yeah. yeah, So my mom, my mom passed away last year Mm. and as my mom was, was dying and I was sitting with her, um, I remembered that my mom, uh, that my grandmother had had a dog Mm -hmm. and that when she passed away, her daughters took the dog and I thought, my mom needs a dog. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I remember you telling me about this when it was happening. So I said, Mom, yeah. do you think I should? we should get a dog? And one of my mom's last words to me was, yes. <laughs> so I said, okay. So you ran right out. My husband did, bless his heart. Oh. I found a dog online, um, and he went up and picked her up. And um, oh. and I just love snuggling with that, that silly, silly creature. Mm. Um and it's going to be hard when I say goodbye on April 8th when we move. But I, I'm i excited that my daughter gets to inherit her. And I'm not currently dead. For <laughs> Did I just say that? For which we're thankful <laughs> that you can pass your dog on without dying. Okay. I'm not sure <laughs> how that's going to be interpreted. But yes. <laughs> Yay, you're alive. And you get to pass your dog on and come visit it, right? Right. Right. So I'll need something new to refresh myself. (laughs) Aw. (laughs) (laughs) So something that you don't know about me is that I'm actually really, really goofy. So um, that's one example. Um, Love it. Yeah, if that was too much for you, I'm sorry. Great. (laughs) Love it, love it, love it. Yes, there's something about animals that um, <laughs> is wonderfully refreshing. They love you no matter what. Oh don't so they? forgiving. They're so, so forgiving. forgiving. What is that saying? Be the kind of human your dog thinks you are, right? Oh. Like they think you're the most awesome thing in the world. So, yeah, I 
my dog thinks I'm most awesome thing too. So Your dog is pretty go cool. For some love there. Yeah, he's a barker, but we love him. Anyway, okay. So thanks for joining me today. So real quick, ladies, I just wanted to recap. Um, Saturday, March 18th is the deep dive. It's from 10 to 3. Um, normally the deep dives are 9 to 2, I think. But because of the men's breakfast, they had to push it up a little bit. So it's, or push it back or however you want to say that. So the deep dive is 10 to 3. The men's breakfast is before that. The deep dive will be in 210. You do need to register online. So if you go on our website, it's $20 a person and $10 after that. So if you can come as a couple, it's $30. Lunch is provided. You get the reading materials when you register online. And it's, how many pages did you say it was again? It's it, less than 30. Yeah, it's not a lot. So we can do that. We can do that, ladies. Even us non-readers. <laughs> um, and so register online. You'll get a confirmation, you'll get that reading assignment, and you'll be good to go. So I am hoping to see you there. Should be a great day. And thank you for joining me today and sharing more about it and uh, sharing what you've learned. You are passing on what you've learned and you have seen to be fruitful. So we are thankful for that and pray that we can do the same, that we can learn be fruitful and pass that on too. So thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Jenny.